And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle. With your host, Tyler Butterball Buterball. Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine. Now DeRozan, Vooch, he's going to be able to set these guys over. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David, Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out of there with no more than three losses. Like, they're, they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Andrew Pepe Valentin. This is... The biggest scar on the Blackhawks, on hockey, on the NHL, you can possibly think of. This was a conspiracy theory that is true. This is this was a this was a conspiracy to cover up the fact that this monster was allowed to inflict his his will on this young man and use his power as a coach. Hit us up on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at blow T whistle one. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E one. And now here's Tyler, Andrew, and David. Welcome. Welcome to the blow the whistle. I hope everyone had a great holiday weekend. The blow the whistle. Uh, the blow the whistle. <laughs> like the Ohio the, State. We are the <laughs> blow the whistle. <laughs> and as always, I am Tyler Buterball. David Dykstra. Andrew Allenton. And we got a familiar face back in the studio. We had a, The band's back together, baby! <laughs> <laughs> we had to drag him from Indianapolis. He is the guest of honor, partial creator, producer, writer, everything of the show, yes! and our number two fan since BMAC tweets out more. <laughs> Brandon, welcome out. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. I think Emily might be offended, though, that, that she's now dropped to the three spot. Ooh. I I mean, she she kind of gets co-host creds because I mean she is pretty much married to one of the hosts. So. Yeah, yeah. And behind every great man, there's an even greater woman. That's true. And yeah. trust me, when we tell you this, Emily's way way better than Tyler. <laughs> oh, you are not wrong about that. <laughs> At least yeah. you know. I, oh, I, I appreciate true. the intro, though. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the title. Well. We, always, as always, have a great show for you guys today. And just as a quick shout out to our newer listeners from the Under the Hood podcast tuning in. And apparently they've been liking us from the numbers we've gotten. Hey, yeah. hey who's going to argue? <laughs> so, I mean, the, Look at these faces. How could you not? Yeah, we're, we have the face of a radio. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're in this business. <laughs> but great show overall. We're going to talk bears, go into the greatest segment in all of radio. You guys already know it. You're killing me, Smalls, and they're going to end off the first hour with a little quick recap of the NFL, and then you'll just have to stick around for the full hour to hear what we have in the second hour. So, Oh, mm-hmm. there's a nice tease. Yeah. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's do it. Rookies. Rookies. It's all right. Rookies. It's because the Bears, you know, I mean, I didn't. Oh, I you sure, well, he's also not really count as a win. He's not, it's been a while. He had to find the song. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little dust collected on it. <laughs> there has been. But that's right. The Bears got a win on Sunday, beating the Seattle Seahawks 25 to 24. Nick Foles was named the starter. And as you heard in my update, he threw for 250 yards and a touchdown and with a game winning drive. So a question to you guys and our listeners is just. How would you grade Foles' overall performance in his 
season debut this year. Give us your guys' thoughts on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. And since Brandon Denver goes first, Brandon, <laughs> welcome back, buddy. Welcome back. Never. How would you grade all overall grade? Nick Foles' performance. I thought I was here on vacation, making me go first, though. All right. You got uh, work to be on the yeah. show. Well, well, let me start off by saying that the Bears were always going to win this game because you can't beat good old St. Nick on Christmas weekend. So so there was no way Nick Foles wasn't going to win. Bravo, Brandon. <laughs> Bravo. He's Bravo. back. Bravo. Uh, but, yeah, so overall – it was a sloppy game, and and the weather conditions also play into that. I'm surprised the Bears didn't run the ball more than they did. I know Montgomery had 20 plus. Carries. Are you though? Okay, I'm not surprised. <laughs> if I'm I was the play caller, but yeah, no, I'm not too surprised uh, the, to have Foles throw the ball 35 times in that in. The way the weather was probably wasn't the greatest idea, but it worked out for them overall. He didn't play great. He had a good fourth quarter. But the game overall, maybe a C. Okay. If I'm He's giving, giving out grades already? That's uh, no, next sorry, segment, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. Next, next segment. segment. He, he asked me to grade Nick Foles' performance. He said grade Nick Foles' performance. He's talking about an individual player. That is Nick Foles' yeah. grade. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I agree with you on there. It wasn't anything great. Uh, he got the Bears the win, came big in the fourth, which, I mean, we usually see that all often. Nick Foles can never really start off a game well, but then he yeah. just kind of shows up towards the end. But, uh, David, what about you? I think it was great game management by Nick Foles. Yeah. No major huge mistakes. He had the one fumble that was recovered by uh, Andrew and Brandon's best friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But other than that, it looked like great game management. No major, major malfunctions. Uh, was it, oh, my God, Nick Foles is the next great coming of Nick Foles. He's going to lead the next team he goes to to the Super Bowl. No, that's not Nick Foles. So... In my estimation, he did what he was asked to do, and that turned into a Bears win. He he got the job done. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's all you can ask from the guy. Yeah, I, to pony off of what uh, Brandon said there. Yeah, I'd give him like C. Of course, you C would pony plus. off yeah. of yeah. Brandon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but I listen. You know he's a decent enough start. Like as a starter, he's like a spot starter, right? If you talked, we've talked about it in terms of baseball. He's like a relief pitcher. You bring him in, you know he can give you like a good couple of starts if you need him really. But he's not a guy you want to rely on long term. This is obviously just to fill in because Justin Fields was ailing from injuries, and I, I think they're pretty much past Andy Dalton at this point as the quarterback. So I think it's just about let Fields get healthy. Let's get him back in the next game for the Giants. And, you know, Nick Foles for this one, he was serviceable and he got the job done. And that's and that's all you're asking him to do is just work the offense. Like you said, manage the game. for them. Yeah. So then that leads to my next question. And I kind of you kind of already answered it. Should he be the starter for the rest of the week or the rest of the season? I wouldn't have an issue with it if they said Nick Foles was yeah. the, the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, obviously, Andy Dalton. It's, it's gone at this point yeah, for him, I yeah. think. I, it's Not either, that he doesn't have it. It's, it's either, just it's, it's for, for fields, right, really. For, from now on, it's it's for Andy Dalton, it's either you're moving on because you only signed a one-year deal yeah. or you're retiring, which, let's be honest, it's time to retire. 
I, I'm, I'm not. I, there's no team out there unless maybe the Texans, but I think a, they're going to draft somebody. There's a few teams I think. Yeah, you could I, I, could be a couple. I think he'll land somewhere, maybe as not backup. as the sure starter, but maybe yeah. somewhere where he can compete for it. Him, and Trevor, him, well, and, ever, him and Trevor Lawrence I going head to head. I always <laughs> yeah. thought ever since his, his started his downfall with Cincy, he should have always been considered a backup. I would have never thought him to be named as a starter. Well, right, he should. I, and, and I'll I'll go back on something that I said. I I truly do believe that Justin should have been starting from the beginning of the year for the Bears. But when you publicly come out and say that Andy Dalton's your QB one, you have to stick to your guns. Uh, so I don't publicly say that you, stuff. Maybe. You shouldn't. No, no. But <laughs> that that being said, yeah, I think Dalton could be a serviceable. Backup quarterback somewhere, yeah, but, but the not. whole his whole problem is I don't think he wants to be a backup anywhere. No, no, he still he still thinks he's got the potential and the skill level to be a starter. But I mean, he's got to understand he's getting up there in age, and no one's going to want an old quarterback to be their starter. I mean, it's the competition of an athlete, right? It's right. want to yeah. be the starter. Yeah, he thinks he still has it. I still think he has the ability to play, but I think you're looking at him more kind of like you do Nick Foles, right? You're not the full-time in the rotation guy anymore. You're not the ace in the bullpen. You're 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 kind of the guy coming out of the bullpen. But it's now, also man. he should just kind of notice that he's getting to that point where he just needs to be the one that is coaching along the young and upcoming players. Like right. there's like for many players, for example, like Flacco or I mean, even though this is a horrible reference to use Sanchez, just because he's always been one there Mark too. Sanchez. Horrible. I don't <laughs> know why really? that name came up in my Pulled head. That one out of his pocket. <laughs> Let me but, show you how to butt fumble, sir. <laughs> so what what Dalton should do is he should he should start the season as as retired or, or as a free agent. Yeah. Start next season and then wait for whether it's COVID or injury, whatever it is, a Saints like situation mm-hmm. where they're down to their fourth string quarterback and it's like, uh, <laughs> we need wa- someone. I yeah. cannot wait to watch me some Ian Book tonight. By the way, oh, oh, that's gonna, that's gonna be, be beautiful. I love the fact too that they went to Drew Brees and they're like, yeah. help Philip Rivers too. Come back. Yeah, they talk- hey, Talk to Rivers and he as sent well. him a picture or a video of him golfing. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like sorry, can't really work right now. That's working on my but trip. that being said, here's here's a place that might be a really good fit for him with all the changes that are going on in this franchise. Mm. Jacksonville might be a great place for him to land so he can really teach Trevor Lawrence how to be a professional quarterback. Yeah. And you have that 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 leadership in that room. No, yeah, absolutely. Just seeing how he's been with Fields, just kind of being like that big brother, that would help a lot for Jacksonville to do that for Lawrence because Lawrence kind of just got thrown into that position, that starting spot, because they really had no one else over there. I, I honestly could see Andy Dalton maybe even like possibly retiring and maybe even going into coaching. Yeah. He feels yeah. like the kind of guy that you could probably say, you know, as like an assistant quarterbacks coach maybe or maybe starting as a full-time off as a quarter, quarterbacks yeah, coach. Yeah, starting off as a quarterbacks well, yeah. coach. I, I think totally he could work that. his way up, kind of like Kellen Moore a little bit. What a... Turn of events that would be if he took Nagy's yeah. job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> <That'd be> awesome. <laughs> Our new head coach is Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, real quick Talks before. more with Justin Fields, just saying. <laughs> just real quick, I just want to get your guys' uh, quick thoughts on the two-point conversion call. Like, the ballsy call. Grapefruits. That's grapefruits right there. <laughs> Watermelons. Because I, I, I liked the call because, I mean, honestly, what did you have to lose? That, that I think, honestly, Season's that's done. what it came down to for Nagy. It's like, pfft. I'm damned if I do, and I'm damned if I don't. So yeah. why not? Right. So, all of you guys think the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I agree. Well, wa- watching that defense, they couldn't stop the run, and Seattle was just no. gonna 
Here. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's the same thing that the Packers saw la- or the Ravens saw against the Packers last week in my mind. It's can you stop Aaron Rodgers? Probably not. And at that point, could the Bears stop the Seahawks? Probably not. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I go for it. And if it works, great. All yeah. right. Well, Luckily, we didn't have to take finals and look at our report cards, but we get to give our report cards on the Bears' performance. Find out what we grade them here on Blow the Whistle. Oh, back to school. Back to school. Check out my report card. Here, Newsom trying to add to it. Daz Newsom down the side. They do. Montgomery into the end zone. And a Bears touchdown. It's Khalil Herbert in the backfield. The rookie at a Virginia Tech. He gets the handoff. He's got a first down run. Clear pass. Touchdown, Bears. Robert Quinn goes in zone. And this time it is caught by guess who? Jimmy Graham. Back in the end zone. And it's Demir Bird. And he needs to catch and converts. Helps guide the Bears to a 25-24 win. Courtesy to NFL Network, CBS Sports, and Fox. There you go. You got it. (laughs) There was a list of them on those great highlights. So now it is time for us to grade the Bears. We're going to go down the list of every specific thing that we're going to want to grade them on. And so quick question to our listeners. Uh, Let's get you guys involved. How would you guys grade the Bears' performance in each aspect from Sunday's game? Give us your guys' great report cards on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. So first, let's start off. Don't don't forget about our our email address. And you can email them to us. Yeah! We're trying to get that going, buddy! BlowTWhistleRadio at (laughs) gmail.com. I'm here to help. Thank you. I was going to spell it out, but that's... No, I spell don't, it out again. don't spell it out. I don't want to spell it out again. We're going to be here forever. B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-R-A-D-I-O at G-M-A-I-L dot C-O-M. If you don't know how to spell yet, folks, I don't know what to tell you. We're like Sesame Street around here. Near? All right, let's go. Let's start off with the offense. Let's see how... I want to see what everyone's going to grade on the offense. Overall, the offense to me... Didn't play great. Didn't play horrible. I wanted to see a little more of the rushing. My biggest thing is that the fact that David Montgomery was the leading receiver and the leading rusher out of the team. It that's there needs to be more with that. Um, the offense overall for me, I would grade them. I grade them a C minus. You guys are so damn harsh. <laughs> There's no mercy I'm, here. I'm, I'm being real. No, I'm okay. Let me come at you then. Okay. Why the C minus? Yeah, being serious. Oh, David Montgomery had a lot of receiving yards. Look at the way that game was. Look at the field. Look at the time that Foles had to throw the ball. You can sit here and say whatever you want to say. No interceptions. One fumble that they actually recovered. I'm not going to give them an A by any means because it was not an A-worthy game, but I'm not going to give them any close to D either. I'd go B- minus to C+, plus just because... They didn't lose the game for the Bears. That's, yeah. yeah, I mean that would that would definitely help them out in the overall grade that they did get the win. It's just that th- that's just the offense in general is that I I don't know I don't I would not expect I wouldn't go any more higher than that. I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected a huge passing game yesterday just with the weather being the way it was. Yeah, that, that's all. That's well, all. I'm no, say. I know. Yeah. I, but then they they kept passing the ball rather than putting it on the ground more often when. 
it was snowing outside. See, but is that, that. I was going to say, is, is that, that offense the, or is that coaching? Yep. Yeah. That, see, okay, see okay. that's where it gets a little funky. That's where, okay, that's where, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Loophole. Honestly, offensively, I'd go same thing, like CC+. Plus. I mean, it wasn't anything great. It was average stuff. Like, you weren't expecting anything flashy. We're not. When a Nick Foles in as that quarterback, if you're expecting big plays to happen. The flashiest play was the two-point conversion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you must have a lot of good stuff in your drink then. But honestly, it, it was it was basic stuff, and they got the win, and that's all that's important. So I give them a C, C plus. Yeah, I give them a C plus as well, just because they didn't really turn it on until the second half. So yeah. you can't just toss out the fact that they were terrible in that first half right. there. So that that's going to lower their grade for me. I also have the grades pulled up. Lance Briggs, former Bears linebacker, always gives his weekly grades as yeah. well. He gives the offense a B plus. Wow. So so he okay. was I mean compared to other weeks. Generous. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no. That's true. Just so yeah, I was gonna say so compared to how he's been grading them, yeah. yeah. That's a little uh, generous. Uh, for for comparison's sake, in week fifteen he gave them an F. <laughs> Which they, they well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well let's move down to the defense. Defense, the only issue, they didn't cause any turnovers. They were only they were able to get to Russell Wilson twice. So, overall, for me, I mean, the defense wasn't too exciting either. I mean, they allowed 24 points. The offense really had to come back and get keep the Bears into this game. For me, I would give the defense, I'd give them a D. Yeah, I'm right there. I was gonna, I was gonna go C minus D plus. I'm with you. That 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 T that defense did not win the game for you this week. No, they did. They did everything to lose the game. Pretty yeah. much, there was like a handful of guys that made some had their moments, but a majority of the defense, it felt like they were really discombobulated. Considering this is a Seahawks offense too. That I That's think we can struggling. all agree on that, yeah, has been having a lot of issues. Yeah. Like, Russell Wilson didn't even throw for over 200 yards, but he still got in the end can, zone. So. Can, can we all just agree, though, that there is one player that de- de- deserves an F on that defense? Vildor, can you please <laughs> stay off the damn field? For the love of all that is good in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a. Do I have to rant about him? Too? <laughs> no, I mean, it's easy to do. I'll be, I'll be a little more generous to the defense. I'll give him a solid C, just because for the number of players that are missing starter wise for this team to be able to go out, I know that Thomas Graham he did get beat early on by Metcalf, mm-hmm. but to come back the way they bounced back and were able to close it down, yeah, the rushing yards are obviously a concern, but again, just I'm grading them a little bit on a curve just because of the number of players missing from that defense. So yeah. I'll, I'll give them a C. Lance Briggs gives them a C plus plus. Ooh. An extra oh, plus. Why not yes, just give them a B minus? They were quite B minus level. I'm going to say this right now, though. Finish college, you said, right? Brandon, you said uh, Graham Jr. got beat once by DK? Right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know he did early on on that mm-hmm. that first I, touchdown. Let, let's yeah. be honest. But yeah, to only get beat once. He was on the practice squad yeah. three weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen. For a guy that's 5'10", taking on a guy that's 6'4", and like a world-class sprinter speed. That's yeah. pretty and, impressive. And he only got two receptions out of that. So, I mean, yeah. Metcalf. So, I mean... For that, for that kid to do that to DK Says Metcalf, a lot about Graham. Yeah, who knew? I wanted to see <laughs> who him knew early like, on. Like we've said, who would have thunk it? Who'd have thought? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Weren't we talking about him when they drafted him? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, look at that. Maybe we kind. Is it sad that radio hosts are sitting here telling you you've got a prime time player? Play him. Oh well, 
everybody has COVID. Hey, uh, Graham Jr., you want to come and uh, see what you can do? He has brought energy to that secondary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop making fun of my... my <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all I hear now when I hear Matt Nang. Yeah. Collaboration. Magic 8-Ball. Should I start yeah. Graham Jr. this week? Yeah. It's like, yes! Yeah. Get in there! And the fact, Absolutely. the fact that he wasn't the starter initially, that's one thing. Yeah. But it's not like Vildor has really earned... To no, stay no. In he that never spot. did anything no. I thought in the first place. So yeah. I don't know. And then shout out also since we're on the defense to Robert Quinn, who's now tied for the second most sacks in Bears history with mm-hmm. Richard Dent at seventeen. Richard Dent also holds the the Bears franchise record at seventeen Ooh. and a half. So yeah, Quinn <laughs> just that? half a sack away from the franchise record set in eighty four. Who is this Richard Dent? Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> the only Super Bowl MVP the Bears have ever had. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to the special teams. To me, because this is kind of more focused on one player. Oh, please tell me, bring up his <laughs> name. Oh, absolutely. For the I, love of all that is good. I loved we- it. I loved the pick, and I lo- I wish we saw more of him. Daz Newsom is the fact his whole return thing was what did, what, what what did we talk about last week? I Why in the blue hell was Bird back there with Daz <laughs> yeah. Newsom? Punt returned all through college. Yeah. Oh, God, look what happened yesterday. I expected, right when they drafted him, that's where he was going to go, starting on the season. I don't know why it took until week 16 to do that. Don't know why you traded for Simba And and because Grant was out there earlier, too. And Grant played well. No, and and don't don't get me wrong. If Grant's not injured, I I completely agree. Daz Newsom should not be returning anything. Grant's a, a pro bowler this year because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So... For me, it's more specific to this player. For him doing playing as returning puns as well as he did, I give that a B, a B plus. I, I, I'm going B, B plus as well. I, I'll agree with that. It, he's got skills, ladies and gentlemen, and, um, and, and we've all known it from yeah. the get. I'll say B, uh, and although I will say, if they keep Jakeem Grant and they've got Dad Newsome and Khalil Herbert, they got like an A plus return staff right there. Yeah. Back in Chicago. I mean, it's not Devin Hester, but putting them all out there on the field, you There's you can have something special out there for you sure. Can't, you can't do that. No. <laughs> no. You can't no. compare apples to oranges. Of course not. No. But <laughs> if anything, you come the closest you probably have to having in a, a return long time. game. Bring back the Since, exciting yeah. return game to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, and I'll give the same grade that Lance Briggs gave and basically that you guys gave as well. I'll give them a B plus. For the special teams, because, yeah, Herbert and Newsom, they both look good in the return game, mm-hmm. and Santos did what he was asked of, only the one field goal. Uh, but he, he did everything that he was asked to do. Yeah. And O'Donnell, he shanked one punt yeah. or hit it yeah. off the side of his foot. But he also had one that he crushed, too. He's so, been so consistent overall, all year long, and nobody talks yeah. about him. Yeah, so. and he has a He's, 45 average for the game. Yeah. So yes. like, Can't go wrong. So, solid special teams Absolutely. Game. Now the most fun one. <laughs> The coaching. Ugh, I, I mean, I don't want to start. I will though. Can I just give an overall season of the coaching? <laughs> but, but see, it's the same. It's the same stuff. Week in, week out. There's week nothing in, week different. out. Yeah. Why are you not, especially in weather that calls for it? Why are you not leaning on Montgomery and Khalil to I mean, do the damage? That's, that, lean that's on why Montgomery, but in the passing game, a lot more so. But why? Than when the run. But I, you, just good. No, that's a good question, though. I, I'm already giving him an F, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what we've been saying like through, through the entire season is that 
they start off with the run and then they just give they just forget about the run game and then go passing. When yeah. this is a game and a whole situation with like the with the snow, mm-hmm. what that's what you needed to focus on the most. Keep yeah. the ball on the ground. But no, the, the the run game is non-existent to the Bears or to Nagy's offense, which which is weird to me because you know back way in the day the Bears have always been solid on the that's what they've been fo- like they've been known for is the run game having great running backs. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, I'm going to give them a D, D plus for one reason and one reason only. Because they won. Two-point conversion call. Okay. That, that's a ballsy call. That was, yeah. You, you had to do it. I, yeah. I applaud them for doing it and converting it. I'll, I'll go D. You get partial credit just because you won the game number one. Thought the game plan was decent. And yeah, the two-point conversion, that at least gets them to a D yeah. over the F. Yeah, Briggs gave them their highest grade since week five against the Raiders. He gave them a B. Whoa! But I am Whoa. definitely not going that high. No, I'll, no. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a D plus. Okay. Uh, I'll give him D plus uh, just because, yeah, the, the two-point conversion call. It's risky. The, the, it, it is. It is risky, but in... Again, there's nothing really to lose, and and honestly, at this point, he he is playing for his job. So the fact that they were able to pull it off gives him a little credit, gets him that little plus. Yeah. All right, well, you guys heard our grades for the Bears game. Please send us out your grade reports, and we'll love we just love to hear about them and see what you guys' th- thoughts were. But this year is coming to an end, and there would be no way we would end it without going to the greatest segment in all of radio, and you all know what that is called. You're killing me, Smalls. A constant weekly rendition of blowing steam on anything that happened in sports, and this is the last one of 2021. So let's go out big today. Send in your moments to us on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And we love hearing from you all and share them out. So stay tuned for here for the chaos on Blow the Whistle. You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, yeah, I love this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I this thought is, he passed gas there for I know, a second. I was like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I feel so much could, better could now. stepped out during the break. I, had some, I did have some gnarly nachos yesterday. <laughs> good God. A lot of peppers. Right. Good nacho oh, God, cheese. I had the jalapenos and everything. Oh, it was so good. The jalapenos? Uh, the jalapeninos. <laughs> they had an pickled extra, de gallo on it, too? I had extra syllable in that. <laughs> But it is time for the greatest segment of all. You're killing me, Smalls. And as always, again, and to our uh, Under the Hood podcast listeners, send it, please send in your guys' You're Killing Me, Smalls moments. It is, we have way too much fun with this segment. Not enough fun. I mean, we have plenty of fun, but we can have more fun. You can't have too much fun. <clears throat> never no, can have too much never. fun. This coming from Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, since Brandon never goes first, I'm going to start it off. <laughs> <laughs> never goes Brandon, first. Brandon, what, what you got, bud? All right, so I am going to go back with with the Bears and specifically with Matt Nagy's desire to continue to run the Wildcat. (laughs) What is his obsession with the Wildcat formation? I don't understand it because more often than not, it has not worked. And the Bears run out of the Wildcat formation more than any other team in the NFL this year. But why? Because clearly, I know, I mean, there's so many things you can go after Nagy about. And it's just too easy. But the fact that he continues to try the Wildcat formation <laughs> baffles me. I've done the Wildcat as a Kill Me Smalls before, specifically when he went for it on a fourth down try after calling a timeout. <laughs> he came back and decided to go for it. And we saw a Wildcat try again yesterday, too. They lose two yards on it, end up getting stuffed going for it on fourth down, and not scoring when they had the ball at the Seattle two-yard line. So why... Do they continue to try from the Wildcat formation? It has not worked. 
So Matt Nagy, for for never learning and continuing to try something, you do know the the definition of stupidity, right? Continuing <laughs> <laughs> to try something and, and see the same results. So Matt Nagy, for continuing to try plays out of the Wildcat formation and just to see the same result, I say to you. You're killing me, Smalls. It okay. hasn't worked. Okay, so let me ask you something. To me, I... I can be okay with the Wildcat, but for me, I would want a quicker twitch guy taking that snap yeah. other than Dave Montgomery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like, like the guy who's going to go straight up the middle. Right. Yeah. And it's not the Wildcat itself that, that bothers me, but yeah, it's how they run it. The fact that if you're going to do it, have a receiver coming on a reverse, have another guy in the backfield, both Montgomery and Herbert, which they've done at times, but don't... Just have one guy back there because then you're you're basically telling the defense what's happening. So Seattle <laughs> did not look surprised yesterday <laughs> when they ran that play, and, and more often than not, that it has been the case. Opposing defenses know what to expect when the Bears come in that formation. All right, yeah. Matt Nagy, you heard it here. Brandon wants you to have David Montgomery to throw a touchdown pass. Hey, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick, running the ball Nick at this Foles point. can catch it. That's true. That's a true, true statement. Yeah. Oh, Would man. that be the Chicago special then? Yeah, but... Uh, no mustard? Yeah, no <laughs> mustard. <laughs> Hashtag no mustard. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, we have a familiar face that uh, tweeted... Met, well, she messaged me. You guys all know her. Familiar Emily. face. <laughs> Familiar face. Even though we're behind microphones. But uh, <laughs> Emily Green goes, Bears have royally sucked this season. Nick Foles plays one freaking game and they win. In all caps, you can't win with a quarterback that has the potential to be a great, but you can with a third string. Oh, and it was a boring game. So <laughs> in that case. You're killing me, Smalls. Just it was wa- a boring Just game. watch the last two minutes. That's yeah. where all the excitement is. That's all you need to see. That's all it really was. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I get it. All right. Well, I'm going to go next because I found this one, and this was just <laughs> amazing. I'm going to just let – we got some audio of this. I'm going to have just play it out first, and then we're going to go into it. So if in case if you guys were wondering what that is, a reporter after the Bills and Patriots game, Bills lost to Patriots lost to the Bills, and a reporter comes out with questions, nothing football related, and she asks, What is your New Year's resolution? <laughs> after just losing a divisional game. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just the greatest one was that. Not only did she ask the grumpiest person in the world. <laughs> See, Grandpa that's what Belichick. makes it great. Like, that, was the, what makes it great. that was the greatest part of it. And then not only that, she asked another player, what's your New Year's resolution? It's just, <laughs> Why are you asking the team that just lost? Lost a big game. And I, I, mean, I don't know. This is just like a whole situation like for like a fourth grade teacher, like going around the room and asking... What's your guys' New Year's resolution? <laughs> Maybe to beat the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Win the division. Win the division. But, I mean, it couldn't... I mean, Bill Belichick couldn't have the much a better response. Just 
Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about it right yeah. now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we, got, we got a division to My win. New Year's resolution is to never see Cam Newton's pretty face ever again. <laughs> I need to have more championships than Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so, just with all that situation, to the, to the reporter asking such a question that was really unrelated. Unrelevant at the point, I give you a big old. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was just too funny, oh, David. Boy. Oh, you Cleveland Browns. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you lovely, lovely, lovely Cleveland Browns. Brandon, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give you a little something that you will appreciate. So. We're, you're watching the Cleveland Browns game yesterday, and the the lower third comes up with <laughs> with the helmet. <laughs> this is great. Orange on orange does not work. <laughs> what makes it even better is that they blended so much that it was your uncle. You said, uh, Andrew. Yeah. Well, so yeah, somebody sent me uh, a picture which I posted up on the X Bomb Sports Instagram, and we're gonna post it on yes. Blow the Whistle as well. <laughs> it's amazing. It uh, is. It basically looks like, if you look very closely at it, it appears that there might be a rabbit hidden in uh, the Cleveland Browns helmet design <laughs> for the lower third that they have that pops up for the score, and it looks like a bunny rabbit pushing a cart or using a walker, using depending a walker. on how you no, look at it. it's a walker. Did <laughs> you know why it's a walker? walker. Because their quarterback is, is the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> It is, a, it is <laughs> the bunny rabbit. So, not only that, but here's the best part. I come, then come when I see this from Andrew yesterday, and I lose my stuff. I show it to my uncle, and my uncle goes, "Oh my god, that's the emblem that is on their hat that we were trying to figure out that we thought they were wearing Miami universe, old school University yep. of Miami hats." And I went, "Oh my gosh, you're right." Yeah. So. Cleveland Browns for having a hidden disabled rabbit, <laughs> aka Baker Mayfield, Peter Cottontail, in your hat and on your lower thirds, we give you a big old. You're killing me, Smalls. And I said this earlier, and from now on, because I can't unsee. The rabbit in the walker. <laughs> Cleveland Browns, you are no longer the dog pound. You are the bunny hole. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I had two different takes on it when I first saw it. The first was, if it was a shopping cart, the the rabbit's just out quarterback shopping because the Browns are constantly, oh, right. constantly shopping right. for quarterbacks. All right. Good job. And, and, but, but I like the disabled take on it. And and if they if they were better, their defense is good, so I guess it still works. But the, maybe the bunny's disabled because the dogs got out of the pound. Yeah. All right, all right. The thing about real quick is that even the ear hole in the helmet, it's the tail. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, it, is. Yeah. it just it adds really on is. more to it. It's so good. All it's right, so all right, good. Andrew, my guy. All right, I'm gonna make this just real quick because it was so stupid. So Matt Rule, <laughs> the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> decided to compare himself uh, on his little journey with the Carolina Panthers to Jay Z. I don't know how that works. I really don't. But, uh, yeah, so for some reason, the coach decided to say, well, you know, it took Jay-Z seven years, and he had to create his own label and become his own person and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sorry. You're in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's in New York City, New York, the top capital market in the world, mind you, not just the country, like in the world. And you're going to compare yourself to 
Maybe one of the legends of the of the oh, new generation top. of of he's rap. I mean, in hip hop, a guy that changed the game in a yep. lot of ways. That is a billionaire, not just a multi millionaire, a billionaire in a sense. And you think you're like Jay Z? In what way? In what way? I, I, and here's the problem. He said, "I know what he's trying to say." Well, I just it takes time. That's what he ended it with. It takes time. Bro, you got like two weeks left to prove something, maybe. and then yeah. if you're maybe. lucky, and then you're out probably. So I, I don't, I, I it, it broke my brain to hear that because it was such a ridiculously stupid statement. So to Matt Rule, I say to you, sir, you're killing me, Smalls. Well, and the statement doesn't even make sense because no, if you know the legend of Jay Z, Jay Z was a god in New York before he hit it big. Yeah, he was every underground body person that- knew. If you knew anything about anything on the underground scene yeah jay-z was where it was yeah and then, absolutely it's just totally two different things jay-z was trying to do something for himself making a name for himself you just need to coach a damn football team it's 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 <laughs> music it versus football There's yeah two, it's two different ways of looking and, at the world and let's not just go to the fact that you probably got rid of one of the more brilliant offensive minds to of save your our own generation yeah. to save your own behind and didn't give him a chance to wait a minute. <laughs> you want a chance, but you weren't willing to give Joe Brady. it. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All man. right. Wow. Well, that unfortunately ends our segment of you're killing me smalls. And the last one of the year, 2021. Oh man! Moving on to the next year. But oh, it's done. It's done. We're never doing it. Again. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was just a 2021 year. <laughs> Do we not tell you this is guys? This is our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys hear that Houston shut off LA's electricity over the weekend? Stick around here to hear what happened here on Blow the Whistle. But the Titans finally dragged down Ayuk and put an exclamation point on a heck of a victory, twenty to seventeen. Lazard. Touchdown! There it is! History for Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Day at Lambeau. Another frustrating loss for the Cleveland Browns and another win for the Green Bay Packers. And it's Michael Pittman to bring it in and bring Carson Wentz and the Colts to 9-6. Sean McDermott and the Bills get some revenge from the game three weeks ago. And it's the Houston Texans who win back-to-back games for the first time this season. Courtesies to NFL, Fox, and CBS Sports on those great highlights. So, yeah, the the Los Angeles Chargers gets upset by the Houston Texans. Can't Rookie of the year. Right, Brandon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Davis Mills. But before we get into that, we had a... We had our our number one our number two number one fan B Mac. Uh, <laughs> Give him a number. Uh, the race quick, is neck and neck. He, right. a, <laughs> he sent in a "You're killing me, Smalls," and he goes, "Very simple, Joe Burrow. For what you've potentially done to my fantasy championship aspirations, <laughs> I have to watch tonight's game, hoping for 49 points from Alvin Kamara in the Miami defense." <laughs> It's possible. <laughs> that is yeah. possible. With, with, with Ian Book starting, that's a definite possibility yeah. there, buddy. He says, for the heart palpitations, I'll be enduring. <laughs> Joe Burrow. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah I like that. That was good. Yeah, that was yeah, a good was one. Good. But yes, so 
back on track. (laughs) (laughs) The Houston Texans did defeat the Chargers 41 to 29, so the electricity was most definitely out. Um, So a question to you guys and to our listeners as we're going to recap NFL Week 17. Which game was the biggest surprise to you in these matchups? Let us know on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. David, which one uh, was the biggest surprise to you? I mean, since we were talking about rap icons, let me just quote one. Was the real Justin Herbert please stand up? (laughs) For the love of all that is good in the world. Really, like this Chargers team is probably one of the most confusing teams in all of NFL this season. One week they look like they could go the whole way in the AFC. The next week they lose to the Texans. Kind of like the Bills. I mean, but like not even because the Bills, even when they lose, typically look decent. Yeah. Right. LA's like looked like a trash team this year at times. Well, it's like pure trash. Yeah, yeah, very inconsistency. And then it's like from Justin Herbert, which has been a surprise because he's been like nearly considered like one of the best in the league, like in the league right now. I mean, I'll say this. I like Justin Herbert a lot. I do think the Fox, I do the, too. The, the, oh, the yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers. I must have San Diego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's the Chargers, one I have the toughest yeah. with. The Chargers are going to follow suit with whatever he does. They go as far as he goes. And I like him a lot. But I think the one thing that we need to understand about the Chargers, they're banged up on defense and on offense. They've got some aging pieces that they're eventually going to have to start to look to replace. He's going to have to be the focal point of that offense. And they need to refine that other side of the offensive line. They got his blind side protected. Rashawn Slater is amazing. He's a pro bowler for a reason this year. He's been absolutely fantastic they're going to need to get that right side shored up because right now that's where he's taking a lot of that punishment from and I think he's good but I think there's some guys that are kind of like yeah but the rest of the team if it weren't for like having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and these other weapons I don't think he would be maybe I think he'd be good but I don't think he would be as good as he is now so speaking of uh missing weapons uh the other one that surprised me god Kyler Murray looks like a complete lost puppy without yeah. DeAndre Hopkins out there. Yeah, he, complete lost puppy dog. He's lost his confidence, I think, or he's or he's losing it at this point. I think and they're three and five now since they were seven and zero. I like literally I think since he came back because when he was hurt for a little he bit, he looked good. Yeah. Well, he looked at the I mean, he, he looked, looked better against the Bears, but <laughs> yeah. but since he came back, he's been kind of flippy floppy, like. Earlier in the season, he looked really good, but yeah, that like, like exactly like you said. I think a lot of it is with without Hopkins. He's but here's my here's right. my thing about that. You lose Hopkins, but you have and and I it, it's funny to say this. Zach Ertz is playing probably just, some of the best football he's played in a long time. I was just gonna yeah. say that. He's Why still, are you not looking for him? Because every time I've seen him, he's been open he's or great throwable. to dump the ball down to. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, I still consider him one of the a better tight ends. He just was in a horrible spot oh, wait, in here Philly. Comes, here comes Mr. Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll I'll give a point on the Colts too, I guess. <laughs> well, but, but with the Cardinals, part of the fall uh, and when they've started to fall off also coincides with when Connor got hurt. When yeah. James Connor went down, that really hurt this team. Mm-hmm. And Chase Edmonds coming back, he, he didn't he didn't do terribly. Uh, against the Colts, he looked but, rusty, but, though. but yeah, he's he's still not back up to a hundred percent clearly. Mm-hmm. And the Colts, the Colts are thriving right now. They they are a good team. They are 
Look at up that. and coming. Why couldn't you do yeah. that for the Bears, Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bears are not thriving right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you moved to Indianapolis and all, all right, of a sudden, sudden Colts. Oh, yeah, Colts yeah. are a thing. Jonathan Connor turns it on, and now even Carson Wentz looks good in this game, so... Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot with the Colts. You, I think you got to love. I think they're they're moving their way up towards being like a legit, a legit contender. Le- legitimately, if I'm a, a playoff contender, that's the last team I want to see. Yeah, and the last the Colts. Yeah. Not to mention Jonathan Taylor. I believe he moved up on the moved up to like third on the best chances to win MVP. Which he should win the MVP no matter what. He I'm sorry. With no 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 no. Without without Jonathan Taylor, that team is nothing. Now I have yeah. a I have a question because I was wanting to ask you guys this when I was working at BetQL over the weekend. They had a um I believe it was inside the betting lines. They had an interesting question, and I liked it. And I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts. Should the NFL do like a different MVP kind of sit um? Awards, because what are we? College football. It, it, that's, that's what yeah, they're referring see, to. And that's what I'm. Or, I, it, another good reference was right. like in baseball. You got the Cy Young. Yeah. Focus on pitchers. So if they should do some focus on quarterbacks and then just an overall MVP, they, they do have individual like they awards. Do have, they right. do Right. No, I know. But, but like, can't call it the Walter Payton Award. Yeah. That, right. That's no. the thing is that there's there's like the you know there's the best there's the Heisman yeah. and then there's like. The, Everything else, yeah. Doke Walker, Doke Walker, or whatever it is, the something. Jim Thorpe, Walter, whatever it is, it's yeah. like best player and then like best whatever kind of thing. Best quarterback, best running back. Yeah, they have a. I, you could, but it's then it's going to water down everything. I'll say yeah. this though: most improved player should be Joe Burrow. That boy, <laughs> lit. he owns you, Baltimore. He owns you. It's kind of. It's not hard to be most improved when your leg got detached from your body last <laughs> yeah, year. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was his second game with four hundred more uh, passing yards and three touchdowns, oh, three or more the, touchdowns against the Ravens. He's so. the real deal, ladies is. and gentlemen. One he season. is. Yeah, he is going. Season. He's going to be a franchise quarterback for. Cincinnati. Now get a load of this uh, because we're talking about Joe Burrow. I told Andrew this. I was at my aunt and uncle's yesterday. My uncle's in a fantasy league with his siblings. His brother had Joe Burrow. He was on the bench, but I don't know what the, the, their scoring system's like. Oh, yeah, you were talking about oh, this. Oh, my God. Joe Burrow, for him in his league, scored 83 points. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Is it like... I'm sorry, a, whoever he was playing. <laughs> I know, right? No, no, I'm sorry for him because he had he him on the bench. bench. Ah. He had Mahomes starting. <laughs> I know how that feels. Well, I mean, yeah, he still I, won. Shut up. <laughs> I am victorious! One All game right. that surprised me, even though I felt like it, I knew it was going to be close, the Bills beating the Patriots just because with the Patriots have been on a great run, and then the Bills, they've been on and off. So that it's like team, just like the Chargers, yeah, exactly. Ebbs and flows with how well Josh Allen is playing, and the Bills came. Didn't, they came to play. Yeah, they, they were. They were not playing. They games. were. They were out for blood on this. Yeah, one. they were PO'd about the last game, they, and legitimately were out to prove a point. Thank yeah, you, I, I, I am surprised the way Allen was able to tear up that secondary, though, because the Patriots secondary has been one of, if not the best in football this year. Yeah. So for Josh Allen to throw three hundred fourteen yards against them, yeah. It was impressive. And I said this. I said the stat, 474 games for Bill Belichick since he had yeah. a, a team that didn't punt at all. This is the first time in 474 games that a team did See, not it's, punt. it's stupid Insane. crazy. Yeah, it's stupid <laughs> crazy uh, 
statistics? Do you hear like that? Like uh, the ones for uh, Tom Brady yeah. that they were rolling out when he was in the Super Bowl last year. And then you roll out that and you're just going, all right. Like, oh, or, or Alabama. Yeah. When they rolled out the, this is the first time in 90, 92 weeks that Alabama isn't favored in a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going, yeah. okay, like Nick Saban <laughs> <Show> deserves <laughs> deserves a little bit of credit. Right. As much as you don't want to go, all right, this dude's a genius. It's you, one of those that make you go, give, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You've got to really? give Bill Belichick <laughs> some credit. And be like, some of them are just so like the, the, the weak, crazy stats they pull up. It's just like. Why? It's like some of them are just irrelevant. Yeah. 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 yeah but but it's it's somebody like Brandon sitting around in a r- dark hey. room. <laughs> going, hey. guess what I found, guys? Hey, maybe I won't throw this stat out there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to your point about the, the yeah. how hot and cold the Bills have been, when they score 30 or more points this year, they're 8 and 1. When they score I, yeah. 16 or less, they're 0 oh and 4. Yeah. It's so that, that's the difference in this offense. Yeah, and I'm, unbelievable. As much as it kills you to say this, Janoski, you were riding and dying with Josh Allen, and uh, you, you, you died. <laughs> I, yes, I did I, die. Good game this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Josh, Josh Allen did have a good game. Yeah, God, no, he did. Was... Brandon just jumped over the table. At time. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. I'm between you two. Oh, boy. All right. Well, that wraps up our one of our show. But that's all right, because we are here still for hour number two. What the deuce? What the deuce? <laughs> still talking football, moving into college football. Oh, yeah. Then we're going to talk mm-hmm. Bulls, and then we're even going to talk a little bit of baseball, because Brandon's in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brandon made us do it. Brandon made us do it. <laughs> it's true. But <laughs> actually, it was suggested, and I agree. Yeah, to I mean, it, so. why not? M- Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. (laughs) So stick around for hour number two here on Blow the Whistle. Song's never gonna get old. Let's Love go. It. Let's, let's go. go. No, let's go. We got football games to talk about. Let's yes, go. We do. <laughs> well, real quick, welcome back for hour number two of Blow the Whistle. And as always, I'm Tyler Buterball with David Dykstra, Andrew Valentin, Brandon Janoska, Pepe, Pepe. Pepe. <laughs> and we one got day. some. One day. One day I will. And it is college bowl game week. Oh, ladies and gents, part three or whatever it is. Right no, now. No, 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 it's this, like a long this, episode. This, this, no. this one, the real bulls. This, yeah. this is, these were like, okay, these past two weeks, they were appetizers. No, they weren't even appetizers. I can't even call them appetizers. Those I were mean, shot they were glasses. Some, these yeah, are yeah, full, yeah, full yeah. bowls. Those, yeah. yeah. That was now like a, a bathtub full yeah. of like jungle I mean, juice. We, yeah. like, we, are, we, we, are in a, we are in a legal state, so it was like a hitter. <laughs> now, we're, now we're getting to the bowls. Pretty, pretty soon we'll be hitting the water bomb. Yeah. I mean, not that I know that anything. Know. You know, not that I know anything about such yes. things. But. This might give us a sponsor. <laughs> Brought to you by brownies so good. <laughs> well question out to you guys and then to our listeners as we go over these some of our favorite bowls uh bowl games this week is bowls bowl <laughs> God 
him. <laughs> <laughs> Which bowl game this week is grabbing your guys' attention? Get us, uh, let us know on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Not including the college football playoffs. But, <laughs> David? Let me, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> Who could possibly be playing this weekend that I would be interested in? Oh, yeah, that's right, Penn State. You're a Penn State fan? Yeah, just a little bit. Who would have thought? <laughs> I know, right? I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> Did you go there? I mean, do you want me By to way, go? This may be the first time I've seen <laughs> no, you no, and no, you're you not can... wearing any gear. He's ripping that. Never oh. mind. No, he's got my gator. I've always got, got my gator. I always forget about that. I've always got my gator. It hides under his beard. That's the problem, <laughs> yeah. folks. I thought you were going to say my double <laughs> no, 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 chin. You, yeah. I, I really thought you were going to say my double I chin. I was like, never be that. That's what's under the beard. It was implied. He's not lying. He said it. He's not lying, ladies and gentlemen. He's back and he's roasting us. I mean, do you want me to break down this game real quick? No, absolutely. Go for it. You're the you're the Penn State fan, so let's hear it. It's going to be a darn good game. This is probably one of the most prolific offenses in the SEC other than Alabama. Uh, I put it two or three in yeah. the SEC this year. Give or take, yeah. Against probably the second best defense in the Big Ten, if not the best. Michigan's probably the best. Yeah. But it can be yeah. argued that Penn State's secondary is better than Michigan's secondary. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're going to be without uh, at least one key guy on their defense. Uh, Jaquan Brisker has opted out to focus on the the NFL draft. I honestly, it's one of those that I do not blame him. He has yeah. the potential of going first round if he shows up good at the combine and has a good pro day. So I don't blame him whatsoever. But our secondary is deep enough that or Penn State's secondary is deep enough that they can uh, they can they can make up for it. I mean, they'll probably be a little little downgrade, but not. I, I don't think in a huge and. Arkansas isn't a huge down the field football team anyway. No, no, they they very much run the ball with a lot of power, a lot of option, but they have the ability. I mean, KJ Jefferson has the ability to pop it down the field because they have maybe one of the best wide receivers in the country. I would have to say, arguably top three. That no one trailing Burks. That no one knows about. Yeah, <laughs> this kid's this kid's like bulkier DK Metcalf. If you want to, really, that's yeah. that's how I would describe him: speed, size, and his hand, his catch rate. I think is like at ninety two percent right now for Arkansas. It's insane. I, I would have that's to say really of yeah. the New Year's Day games, Bears. this kicking off the New Year's Day. At eleven o'clock, this yeah. might be set the tone for the whole day of very, I very so. competitive. Yeah, I games. like that matchup starting it off. Yeah, on New Year's Day because that I like that matchup a lot. Because I mean, by the way, if you're late to work on Saturday, we're gonna have issues. <laughs> um, just letting you know, I'm already gonna miss a good portion of that I'm game. Some of the black guys. What true. happened? Dude? Uh, are you recording late. it so you can watch it from the start? Oh yeah, I always record. I okay. always record the game, but it's kind of hard not to watch the game. See yeah, how yeah. we're at. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just put it on your phone while you're driving. That's what I do. Uh, I don't that's condone. A, that's a I don't condone. That's dangerous, man. That's dangerous. You go. Yeah. Just throw myself under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you want me to. There's parents that are going to be listening. They're talking about alcohol but, and alcohol. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of kids are going to get in car accidents, <laughs> and they're going to blame it on me. But right. to wrap it to wrap it up in a nice, neat package, I think Penn State ends up winning this game. Possibly, and I'll I'll say something right now. This possibly could be Sean Clifford's breakout game. To going into next year, yeah, okay, could be. That being said, I I think Penn State wins, but it's going to be close. I'm going to go three. Okay, 
So that's that's your favorite game of the week, yeah. Andrew. Uh, I'll go with Michigan State and Pitt. I know that the two stars Why? aren't going to be in this game. Why is that your favorite with the two stars can, not being can in you there? Not yell at me. <laughs> I, I just want to. Why? Sensitive soul. Uh, <laughs> you not no. yell at Listen, me. Uh, Kenny Pickett's out. Obviously, uh, Walker is out as well. The running back for Michigan State. So, I, I honestly, to me, I think because of. The fact that Pittsburgh, yes, they live and die by their quarterback, but they have a lot of great athletes still out there. Their backup is presumably still somewhat talented enough to be able to kind of spread the ball out. And they're and, getting a good one in transfer, but yeah, he won't play. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and then on the other side, I mean, listen, Michigan State, Thorne is a pretty decent quarterback. He's from here in Illinois. I want to see how he does against the Pittsburgh defense. They've got great pass rush there in Pittsburgh. They've got some really good guys that can get after him. They've also got some pretty decent secondary guys. So it's going to be Jason Thorne versus their defense. And I want to see that matchup. I'm intrigued to see how he does. If he plays out more, I think it's his opportunity to show that he can be maybe a quarterback to get to the next level. Not necessarily a first-round pick, but a guy that can prove himself to be an option that you can go forward to. I, I just He's like the, the fact Kirk that Cousins. yeah, I just like the fact that these two are teams that I think are going to say, "Listen, our stars aren't playing because they're getting ready for the draft. We're bringing in the next few guys, and I think you're going to be surprised to see these guys probably start to show some talent because." Michigan State has a couple of running backs that are coming up pretty soon yeah. that are big boys that have got some power between their legs. So they're going to be really they're going to be trying to run the ball as much as they can with those guys. And again, Pittsburgh's backups are not that bad. They've got some guys that can really sling it and they've got the receivers to catch it. So if they play this right, I think it's going to be a really good game. At the end of the day though, I'm going to say Michigan State. I'll say Michigan State by one, I think it comes down to the like the last second on a touchdown, something like that, something crazy. See, this that was, we're not looking. This, yeah. we're this not was expecting. my this was my coin toss game where I was like, oh, both yeah. of them are out. Okay, yeah, and I would have. That was that was my favorite game yeah. of this week too. I mean, I'm uh, now that I'm remembering that the two star guys aren't going to be there. It does I take still a little gonna, bit of the flavor exactly, out, but. but I still think both those two teams. The way how they've been playing all season, it's just I still think we're still going to get an exciting game Absolutely. out of them. I'm going with you as well, Michigan State. I'm going to say that they're going to beat them by a touchdown. Okay. And then the other game, because uh, then I'll just give my own takes on this one. I like the Iowa and Kentucky game. Yes, bro. Mm -hmm. I like, I mean, Iowa, I've been liking, I mean, despite being Nebraska's big rival, they've been playing so good this year. And then Kentucky, they've been kind of like, they're even though... They've had a slump, but they've been kind of a little surprise team as well. So I think this this game could almost go either way. I think it's okay. gonna it's gonna come down to how Iowa's secondary deals with Waddell and Levis. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and the pass rush has to get after him too. Yeah, so. and they've well, got some good D linemen. The and and this is a quarterback that they've really not dealt with in the in the Big Ten, yeah. where he's he's got the size of Big Ben and the scramble the ability to scramble like Patrick Mahomes. Like yeah. he's Will Levis is a legit he's got a gun. Fourth or fifth round pick that's gonna be an under the radar guy. And and if and I'm telling you right now, this this is what's gonna happen. Sean Payton's gonna draft him. I'm almost gonna guarantee it. He, so? he knows his talent. Oh, that's and, true. And Payton, it's a quarterback Payton would love. Absolutely. 
Okay. Brandon, what about you? I'm going to go with the Alamo Bowl between Oklahoma and Oregon. I knew and, it. And, and the bid. You knew it. Why? <laughs> I never said why. Okay, I, just, okay. I felt like you were going to pick Oklahoma and Oregon. There was something inside of me that said that game is, it, there's an appeal to it. Yeah. So, but please. And, and one of the big things, too, they're both with interim head coaches. Bob that Stoops is, is coming back. To, to sub in for Oklahoma for this one. He's just going to come in and sub in That's for the bowl amazing. game. So the fact that he's going to step amazing. up. Yay. Uh, Brent Venables is go- is the interim head coach, but but Stoops is going to step in to take over for the bowl game <sighs> in replace of, uh, of Lincoln you, Riley. Yeah. Is that because Lincoln took most of his staff with him? Uh, probably. It has yeah, to probably. Be. He probably, yeah. He did. I know Lincoln Riley, most of his staff went with him. So that's the only reason. Because usually it's like an assistant coach. Yeah. Like one of the you, assistant you coaches. One of the like other Marvin guys, Freeman. Yeah. Right. Or Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman. I'm sorry. Yeah. Marvin Freeman. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, both both teams are going to be having a, a new, new head coach sub in. Or uh, yeah, so an interim head coach that subbing in oh, for the team. So just how the that game's got to go, be played see, out. I want to see how yeah. Stoops calls that game. Yeah, that, that, that be that good. Would, I'm, 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 you know what? I'm with you, Brandon. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's cool. on that one. Now that you said Bob yeah. Stoops is coaching that I'm game, I'm intrigued yeah, that's now. Fun. And that's uh, fun. yeah, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say this much: I think Notre Dame wins that game. Yeah, and proves that. Our Marcus, boy, Marcus our, our boy Freeman was the right call for them. I oh, think yeah. he's going to bring a lot of energy to uh, touchdown Jesus. Yeah, uh, I the, think uh, the best game is probably going to be the Rose Bowl, though. Oh, between Ohio State and Utah. Oh yeah, that's, that's going to be. That, I think I think that's going to be a shootout. I feel like that's going to be a shootout. That's I was one of mine as well. I mean, that whole uh, New Year's Day slate is just looks. Really good because even I like the Ole Miss and Baylor game too. Oh, that's defense versus yeah. offense yeah. all day. That's, that's gonna, gonna be all day. Matt Coral versus that Baylor defense. That's, that's all that. Co- that's all that breaks it down to. <sighs> although, so many, so many although with games. that freshman quarterback that Baylor had in it on Bo in the big t- Bohannon, yeah, he's got a freaking cannon for an arm too. He's good. He's good. Is he gonna be starting? Yeah. He is. Okay. Uh, yeah. After winning the Big Twelve championship, he better <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> he better be. He's gonna say, "Jeez." I don't know there's a lot. Of, some of these games are, I mean, a lot of them are just going to be super exciting. I like the matchups that they have on here. It's a lot of offense versus good defense. That's, yeah, that's I, what I, it I is. have noticed that. I think they did. A, I, honestly, I will say, I think this is a good year for good matchups between teams that it's like, oh, of course they'll be there, and then like, oh, I didn't think like there's a lot of surprises that could come out of this one. Like, who would have thought at the beginning of your old Miss and Baylor? Right. right. Or who would have thought Utah comes out of this thing beating Oregon twice in two weeks not, to get to not the Rose just beating, Bowl? Not just beating, but just slapping it Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, college fo- that doesn't end our college football talk as two teams will end the year off big and the other two will drink their sorrows away on New Year's Eve. Find out who they are here on Blow the Whistle. Bryce Young drops. Plenty of time. Aaron it out. Man's there. Jamison Williams, touchdown. Gain Ritter in a rhythm. Going to take a shot towards the end zone. Under three. Touchdown. Trey Tucker adjusts to the air. Here's Coram. And Coram, what a move. Coram, he needs a block. Coram, down the sideline. Blake Coram, touchdown. Wolverine. Bennett lost it. Courtesy to CBS Sports, Fox, and ESPN on those great highlights. We are just a game away from the national championship in college football. 
which brings me two games away. Two games away. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doesn't um, work like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a question to do with the listeners. I'm not going to ask you guys because we're going to we'll find out when we get break into break down these games. But who do you guys see in the national championship? With these final four, give us your guys' thoughts on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H T I S L E One. Let's start off with Bama and Cincy. Andrew, who you got? <laughs> okay, I'll go. Now I'll do it. I'll do okay. it. I will. I listen. You know, I'll. You, it's college football, baby. Let's go. Listen, any <laughs> anything can happen, right? Well, forever, well, yeah. anything, anything can always can. happen. Anything can always happen. And I and I'm a big fan of Cincinnati. More than ever now, obviously, I'm to root for that team down south in Tuscaloosa is is hard, but I do think that yes, the Crimson Tide, they're on a roll right now, right? Bryce Young is playing not like a college quarterback; he's playing like a pro quarterback. He's clearly heads and tails above everybody else right now. That's why he won the Heisman. Jamison Williams, I think, is one of the best wide receivers in the country, and it's crazy to think that he was at Ohio State. And he was like fifth on the depth chart. He comes to Alabama and he shines more than anybody else. Yeah. And while the defense is still a suspect, I think, for them, I do think they've been good enough, especially after the SEC championship. I think they are good enough at this point to at least hold teams to, I want to say like 28 points at least while dropping like probably 40 or 50 on them. So I think, listen, I think Cincinnati has a chance to win this game. It's about taking former Alabama running back Jerome Ford, grinding the ball out, and using Desmond Ritter, and I now know former Illinois wide receiver Alec Pierce, their top guy, uh, Darton dotted around to him a few times. It's about clock management for them. It's about controlling the game, making sure they have time of possession. That's how you beat Alabama, because you know they're going to pop a few big ones. You know they're going to get a couple of big scores. But I will say, and, 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 you know, yeah, and, I mean, listen, Cincinnati's defense has two cornerbacks who are six, yep. two and a half feet tall, 185 pounds, and they both run four four flats. Gardner's guaranteed as being yeah. That. Gardner's right now guaranteed as a number one over or not number one overall pick, but a first round draft pick. The other kid, I think he's got another year left of eligibility, so he may come back. But he's supposed to maybe be like a second or third rounder if he comes out too. These guys are top tier talented. I think Gardner versus Jamison Williams is going to be the matchup. Yep, that's going to be the key thing here. If they can control him they can win this football game because they're running attack. I'm telling you right now, Alabama has maybe their worst running running backs or not running backs, but running attack in what would we say? Like five, six years at this I, point now. I might at even least. go 10. Maybe. Yeah. 10. I mean, it's been I mean, a long go, time. You go back 10 years. That was probably <laughs> the, the year before Derrick Henry. Yeah. So yeah, I go about 10 years. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute since they've had like running backs that have been like this kind of like, eh. So I mean, Despite you guys getting me on the Cincy wagon, <laughs> as I didn't think they were like an actual contender, but I mean they've been playing great ball. I still got to. I'm still picking the Crimson Tide, um, and as much as I don't like to, because my brother goes there, and I just like giving him a hard time <laughs> about going there. Now all of a sudden, my dad's a Bama fan. But uh, <laughs> I'm like, what happened to Nebraska, Dad? <laughs> Who? But yeah. um. <laughs> This I don't I I think is I think it's going to be closer than people think it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Bama is the thirteen and a half point favorite. Um, I think because like Andrew, exactly like you said, Bama has gotten 
their groove back of being yeah. Bama football as their the whole season has been kind of choppy, but like they're still a fantastic team. I, I am going to have to pick Bama on this, and I think I'm going to take the 13 and a half and go. They're going to win by two scores. Okay. All right. Do you- I'll give Bama just a one score win. I, I think that, like you said, the matchup between Williams and Gardner is going to be the one to watch for mm-hmm. sure. But we've seen Alabama be limited at times against LSU, against Auburn. So that's right. They're not invincible. <laughs> <laughs> they're, Let's they're, remember that. They're buddy. not invincible <laughs> no. like they have been in previous seasons. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that they'll be able to keep it. Cincinnati will be able to keep it within a score. Mm-hmm. But I do think Alabama, the experience they have, they will be too much yeah. in the end. Okay, so for me, there there's a big thing that no one's talking about. Minchie being out, yeah, yeah, is huge. Not for having Alabama. that number two, not having your number two wide receiver because he that's, blew out his knee. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, totally I will say about that. though, Jacory Brooks, deep. their backup, oh, they're deep. He's, don't don't get it twisted, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. He's something. If there's one one place that Alabama is deeper than probably any other team in Outside all of, of college. State. Mm, I would even say Ohio State. No, nah, Ohio State's got like four or five stars, and two of them are top in the nation. <laughs> Sorry. But just it, it, they're deep. But that being said, I don't – everybody's discounting these these cornerbacks from Cincinnati. Is Oh, they played against lesser opponents. You don't think they don't hear that? You don't right. think? Oh, yeah. And I'm they're going to come in angry. That's I, for sure. I, I, yeah. And I'm not saying that they're not going to get beat maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. It's gonna for me. It's gonna come down to what Riddler and that offense can do. Mm-hmm. They are a play action pass offense. Yeah. If they do not get that run game started, it's done and it's over. Yeah, they'll be sunk in the water. That being said, Alabama will win this game, but they will win by at the most four. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well. Okay. I'm like, I'll take that. If I can't say they're gonna win, then I'll take them at least winning by a close one. It, it's going to be just I like think that's a proving point that says well, and, more teams and, need to get a chance. And it's still, you know, there's still what almost a week left, man. Mm-hmm. It'd be a cry and shame if COVID hit Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Cause guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, if it hits Alabama, they have to forfeit in on go Cincinnati. I think my yeah. package should be arriving there. And as we all know, <laughs> and as everybody knows from Joe Burrow, Ain't no one in Cincinnati getting COVID because there ain't nothing to do in Cincinnati. <laughs> That's true. That's right. And I could claim that mm-hmm. how Tuscaloosa is, it would not be hard for them to get COVID. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, boy. And now in the next game, in the Orange Bowl, Michigan Wolverines against Georgia Bulldogs. I like this matchup better than the Bama-Cincy matchup. Two great, phenomenal teams. Georgia got... I mean, surprise to me, surprisingly blown away by Alabama. I thought it was be a lot closer than that. Mm-hmm. I'm picking Michigan in this one just because in that game against the uh, Georgia had against Bama, they just totally looked like they fell apart and was just completely lost. Michigan has just been on an absolute tear in the past few games, and I think this is going to come out and punch Georgia in the face. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm I'm picking Michigan because JT Daniels and uh, what's his name Ricardo Pickens, their top receiver, both are out on the COVID and reserve protocols list. So they weren't starting JT anyway. No, and so they're and going with Stetson Bennett, right. who threw four picks in Go that ahead. game against Bama. So I, I listen. The kid's got heart. 
you want to root for a guy that's 5'11", 190 to play quarterback and play it well, especially when he's got that killer defense. Mm-hmm. But he's going to throw interceptions. That yeah. Michigan defense is really good. Aiden Hutchinson is an animal. He will probably eat Stetson Bennett. I don't know how – I'm sorry, Georgia. It was a good run. It was a good run, but I feel like Michigan, because they're more consistent offensively, they move the ball through the running game. I know that's one of Georgia's bread and butters to stop, but I like Michigan better. And I'm saying like Michigan by like 13, like uh, like a clear cut. I'm, they're I'm, better ab- above Georgia kind of thing. I'm going about, I'm going about that. Yeah. I, I love Georgia in the beginning, but they just kind of, after, after like that they, championship game, they just hard totally to looks lost. Yeah. So, and Michigan, just their insane wins that they've had against 42 to 27 against Ohio state. We all thought that no, there was no chance. Oh, um, Michigan was going to beat Ohio State. Yeah, and then, or it was going to be a close game. We didn't expect a blowout like that. Right. <laughs> and then even in the Big Ten Championship, we knew Michigan was going to win, but 42 to 3. I, I thought that might have been the letdown. I honestly <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, that's I really did. John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh is good for at least one oh God moment yeah, every right. year. It happened to be against Michigan State, which I can't even blame him because they were playing in East Lansing. Right. It, it was a tough game, and they just came out on the, on the other end of it. Yeah. But... Yeah, I thought that I thought that Big Ten championship could be that 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 game where everybody goes, oh, typical Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he heard you and he's like, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But this is gonna be a matchup between two of the best defenses in college football. Georgia gave up just nine and a half points per game. Michigan sixteen points per game throughout the season. I'm going to go with Georgia. I think they had their fluke game. They had their their blowout last week. They'll be able to bounce back and, and kind of come come back from that one. Their defense mm-hmm. just did not show up last week against Alabama. Or not last week, but last right. game yeah, last against, game, yeah. against Alabama. So I think they'll be able to shore things up and come back and be able to pull out what should be a low-scoring game yeah. against Michigan <laughs> and Maybe it'll come down kind of like John Harbaugh the last few weeks. Well, not against Cincinnati, but the last few yeah. weeks. Now his brother Jim's going to end up with a defensive stop and two lose by a score. <laughs> Two-point conversion. He goes oh, for the two boy. points but to yeah, win it. Yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give it to Georgia. One-score game, I'll give it to them by a field goal. Okay. All right. Uh, they are seven-and-a-half. Uh, Michigan. Oh, Georgia's actually the seven-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. Interesting. Now, I want to – the over-under is 45-and-a-half. No way. Under. Under the under, under. Actually, you know what? I might take the over on that because this is these are two defenses who we know can score some points. It's a possibility. It's possible. It's possible. Okay, possible. so here's here's how it breaks down for me. Go ahead, Brandon. Real I quick was just gonna say, I... usually when we when we pin a game as oh defensive struggle, it ends up like 45, yeah, 42 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I would say this: if Georgia was not starting Stetson Bennett. I would probably lean to Georgia. Mm, okay. Stetson Bennett is not a quarterback that you want to have in a game where there's going to be unbelievably amount of pressure yeah. coming in his face on a consistent basis. No, I agree. And he will make mistakes. Like Andrew said, he will not do. And, and here's where the turning point, the turning point for Michigan was when Harbaugh got his, head out of his patootie and decided that he was going to go with one quarterback and one quarterback only. Mm-hmm. And since he decided that McNamara was the guy, it's been 
full steam ahead. Yeah. And McNamara's actually looked like a quarterback that could win you games instead of just managing games. Yeah, definitely. I will say this too real quick before we, we stop talking about these wonderful games. Um, <laughs> if Stetson Bennett limits his throwing ability and they run the ball like crazy, this game could be Georgia's. But they have to run the ball effectively. And, I don't, and that's yeah. the hardest thing. I don't know if they can. Sideline to sideline, Michigan's... As fast, if not faster, than Georgia. They, right. they got some pro bowlers coming. All right. Well, you guys heard our picks. Send us, give it, let us know what you guys' our picks are and who you believe is going to make it to the national championship game. COVID might be stampeding back, but it can't quite stop this Bulls herd. We'll tell you how they're doing that here on Blow the Whistle. Now, are you really going to try this again? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the, ruin start, it. <laughs> the starting lineup for your blow the whistle crew. That's us. <laughs> at center, I was waiting for you where, to where, introduce where, where, us. Where's the at lineup? Center, where's the lineup? <laughs> at a hefty four, four foot four. <laughs> <laughs> a dense. <laughs> Tyler Tripod <laughs> We gotta put that in the open. <laughs> Welcome like back it. to Blow the Whistle. At, at, point, at point guard. At point guard. 5'8". 5'8"? 5'8", yeah. Wait, I'm not um, even gonna, I don't even... T- <laughs> I don't even want to try and guess because I'll get... Andrew. Damn. <laughs> damn. Let's go with that. Wait, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Playing out of LSU. <laughs> no, 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 no. North Carolina for basketball. Joe Burrow's oh, number see, one fan. We can't fan. be friends now. I know. I know. You're Duke. I'm UNC. Yeah. Sorry, well, you're going to be affiliated with mine. the same school Ben Simmons went to. I'm rooting for Purdue at this point right now. Uh, so. <laughs> dude, you know, that cracks me I don't even think Brandon's about. the coach. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Coach I'll, I'll Brandon Janiska. I'll take it. You know, I, I trust it. What would I? I, I don't even I, know I, what I, I would do. I just would I be shooting me. guard? Yeah. Shooting no, guard, it, small forward, I guess. Are we doing a basketball small, team? Small are we forward? Doing? <laughs> you know, it just dawned on me that you're an LSU when fan. he stretches his neck. <laughs> it just dawned on me that you're an LSU fan, but it's funny because you also really hate Ben Simmons. How yeah, was, I know. Well, here's the thing. Ben I Simmons like, was amazing at LSU. Well, yeah. What are you talking about? I like LSU football. I like UNC basketball. I'm one of those people who got it. I choose a different team for a different sport Hello. because yeah. Because I, I listen, LSU basketball has a lot of rich history, but it really kind of ends history. with Pete Maravich and and Shaq, and that's kind of it. Because Ben Simmons, it's nice, but really, let's be honest. You really want me to root for Penn State basketball? <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, yeah, I don't root for gonna, Nebraska basketball. Every, every <laughs> I listen, say. I I make the joke, but it's serious. Every ten years, Penn State goes on a run. True. And last year was their True. ten their ten year, and what happens? Freaking COVID. <laughs> Let's shut her all down. No. We could have oh. maybe been a sweet 16 <laughs> so team. Close. So close. All right. Let's go back to. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Oh, that's right. We're talking oh, Bulls. Yeah, okay. talking Bulls. Yeah, Bulls won, beat the Pacers 113 to 105. Levine has his, comes back from COVID protocol and drops a whopping 32 points to get that victory. And so a question that I have to you guys and the listeners the Bulls have still been winning despite losing numerous players. Does this just prove of how good they are using their bench and G League players? 
Give us your guys' thoughts on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. I mean, I told you. What was it, last Monday? I thought the Windy City Bulls looked great against the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I Let's be real, ladies and gentlemen. Now, see, this is where one of those weird stats can come up. Our first ever NBA team with G League players beats... NBA team. How, yeah. how pissed was yeah. LeBron? I, like in the in the locker room, going, "You guys realize we lost to the Windy City Bulls, right?" You guys. Oh, he was just going through like, who he's going to trade. Kidding me? He's Are going you going. Me right now? It's just Demar Derozan. What I got to worry about? He's coming back, going. Mm-hmm. Man, Russ, you, why every time, man, with you and your? You, oh. he's giving Westbrook that look, like I'm going to trade you. <laughs> no, he's looking off in the distance, going like, "So this is why KD left. I get it now." <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's good. Oh man, I, I've, I've been impressed. I, absolutely, it, it, yeah. There, there is an absolute, definite difference. Coaching, yeah. Oh, no like, doubt. It, and I think that's the thing that's boggling every Bulls fans' mm-hmm. minds right now. Is wait a minute, you're, you're a Chicago team has a good coach. Wait, yeah, what, right. What's, What's well, going on? And here's the crazy thing, because Billy Donovan didn't even coach last game. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that. It was Chris Fleming who stepped up, which I think says a lot, too, because since Donovan's not there, he clearly picked people who know his system. He brought his staff in. Oh, right. And I think Chris Fleming's, Fleming's one of those guys that a lot of people said he's knowledgeable. He knows the game. He's revered as a coach that he gets on players. He helps them get better. It shows, like... I mean, I hope we keep this guy. I hope Fleming stays. But obviously, if he keeps this up with Billy Donovan out, he could be putting himself in position where people are like, God, you know what? We might have to go get that guy as one of our next head coaches. And that, I think, speaks more to the Bulls, right? It's not just Billy Donovan. It's the staff. It's his coaching staff that works with these amazing players and has helped them kind of like almost revitalize their careers, right? Because for everything we say, it's great for DeMar DeRozan and for Zach Levine. We have to remember there's coaches behind that that clearly have been working with these guys because for for the fact that DeMar DeRozan goes from like 20 points a game for like five years in San Antonio and now it's like at 26 with Chicago, yeah, that that just doesn't happen just because it was like inside of you. Somebody brought that out. (laughs) Somebody helped you get that back, get back to that level. No, they totally- It was always there, coach. It was, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. No, they they totally brought the the right pieces to, for not only player-wise, exactly coach-wise, where- Someone goes down, there's someone there to fill in the spot, and you're not going to skip a beat. Yeah. It's going to be like the same old thing over and over. And th- exactly the way how the Bulls play without their head coach, without Lonzo Ball, which Lonzo Ball, I think, is the last starter <laughs> to get COVID now. So at least we, we don't have to worry about that we happening. Run the again. table, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We've but, sneezed our way down. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, take your, take your time off and come back. And <laughs> Ball doesn't have COVID. He just wanted the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Dad was yelling at me, I need to be back for Christmas. So I was like, all right. Fine. Watch me take on MJ and beat him one-on-one. Here, here's a positive test. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, this team, though, I, honestly, for the Bulls, the chemistry, even without the stars being in there, it's clear that there's somebody that stepped up as the leader, DeMar DeRozan. He's the leader of this team. Yeah. Zach Levine follows suit as being like, I don't have to be the guy. I can just be number two, which is what I was always saying. He's not maybe your leader, but he's your solid number two first mate kind of guy that says, I can take the shots when you're not open. I'll take the threes. You hit the mid range. And then you've got Vooch now who's getting in the game down low. It's a, it's perfect. It's, collaborations. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, it I, all just fits 
it all just fits together. And like we were talking about this last week, yeah, is I, not only just Levine, but they let DeRozan uh, take over, and yeah. it's been fourth quarter. Like he's been the fourth quarter guy. Oh yeah, every single game. But that's the greatest thing about this team is that they're letting they when another player they let people take over and like the guy that we know that needs to take over but then they'll come up and pick up the slack when need be it's and so that nice. is what is amazing about so this team nice. i'm going to say this right now right now as far as chicago sports probably the best run organization in chicago absolutely hands, hands down oh no hands no down. doubt i Which, think the only other one might be the white Sox. i funny, I, I would even funny I, funny I even, how that works i would even go as far <laughs> to say i mean that goes up to Greg Hodd, and then if you get to Kenny Williams, then me and him got issues. But <laughs> outside of that, yeah, I would say the the fact that Chris Reinsdorf has jumped in here and he's done a complete teardown and brought in these new people. Funny how that works. It's weird how that works. Isn't it, Bears? Just right. saying. <laughs> but uh, maybe somebody should follow suit, right, Bears? I'm just saying. Yeah. But, no, I, I think... I think he's going to win. I think you've got the executive of the year. Yeah. I think you've got the coach of the year, possibly. Yep. I think More you've than got, likely. I think you've got a potential MVP maybe in this. I know it's going to be hard because the race right now is pretty tight with a lot of good players playing chance, really good the basketball. The chance are starting at the UC. Absolutely. But, They're I mean, them. I just, if you if you get the first in the in the conference. I don't know how you'll go against Curry right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and there's Giannis. And there's Jokic. Giannis I mean, hasn't proven anything to me yet. Yeah. And I will say, too, real quick for the Bulls as well. Shout out to Alfonso McKinney for coming back home, getting that contract. He deserves it, man. That kid deserves every opportunity that that kid, to get be a part of his. He said, "I've been dreaming about this since I was a kid." And dream come true. Now, since we keep talking about DeRozan and Levine, are we considering them the best duo in the NBA right now? Yes, they they've got to be up there. Yes, they're, they're up there. No Name. two no two players are in the top ten in scoring right now. They I, were in the top five. Yeah, for the lo- for the longest time. I was going to say, is there anybody like Harden's having a horrible season? Uh, I can't think of anybody. Kyrie's only playing half the game, so it doesn't. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the East, there's nobody else I, really that I can think of. Butler and Lillard. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, no, nah, I can't even. I wouldn't even wait. You mean Butler and uh, Lowry? Lowry, yeah. Maybe they might be one. They could be up there. I was going to say mean, De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill because they are playing pretty decent for the Kings. But in terms of like a team who's winning at the top, I was going to say with top at like a top tier level, I don't think anybody compares to those. When two. you put it towards, yeah, I was just going to say that because the give Bulls it, have give are, it time. Clay will be back, and everybody will be like, "Shut up, oh, go, son, don't, don't say that." But um, no. When you're lo- if you're looking at it as who's which, like which guys are impacting their team the most, it's it's definitely got to be DeRozan and Levine. I would agree with Despite, that. Despite I mean, Butler and Lowry, that's a, that's definitely a great. Uh, they're like right up there as well. And I was a little shocked that they've been clicking so well in Miami. Yeah. But I mean, that was just the one is little that, piece that they were missing. Is yeah. that on Butler's side? <laughs> that yeah. you're surprised? Don't. <laughs> Don't uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, listen a little bit and if, <laughs> if Dallas can pull it together yeah maybe Luca and Kristaps maybe Kristaps believe he's it or not it up. K, KP has stepped it up this season yeah. I'm not gonna lie because he wants a, a contract so I got it pulled up right <laughs> oh, here wait a minute we forgot oh god we forgot about the big one which is oh god I had it son of a gun I lost it <laughs> <laughs> son of a gun that's okay but um, oh no 
Embiid and Simmons. I mean, <laughs> who? <laughs> what, I, what I have meant to say was <laughs> sorry. He doesn't play basketball. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at it right now. So the players, uh, leaders in stats right now: DeRozan at five, and then Levine right at six. Okay. So they're, they're, there you they're, go. And you look at the rest of them. There's no other team that has two players in the top ten and just leading in scoring or any other stats. Levine's averaging 26.3 a game. DeMar's averaging 26.7 a game. Yeah. So just those two is just absolutely deadly. That's 52 points a game, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. By two guys. Yeah. By two guys. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like I said, and I'm still waiting for KD's back to blow out. Oh, it'll, it'll happen. happen. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah. Just as Anthony Davis. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And so now the Bulls do play uh, Atlanta tonight. Trey Young. He's out. Is he? COVID. Yeah. Ten I, players are out in Atlanta. Yeah. I heard a little something, something that uh, the Lakers are talking to Atlanta. About Trey Young. No. About shipping Westbrook to Atlanta and getting like Cam Reddish and all those guys to go to the Lakers. Yeah, I'm sure LeBron will But why that. would they do that when they have Trey Young as their point guard? That makes Atlanta no won't sense. Do it because they're not. I stupid. just have heard things. I don't think Atlanta's stupid. I hope. Trade well, him to Orlando. I mean, for the love of God, just trade him to trade him to Detroit. Trade him to Orlando. Philly. Let him be happy. Let him go to in Philly. the land of nowhere. Let, let, him, let him go to Philly. Let him go, let him go to Philly. Philly for have ben fun Simmons. with Ben Simmons. That'd, that'd be fun. You have fun with Ben Simmons. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> but no, I, I I fully expect that the Lakers would pick up Ben Simmons. Yeah, you think that's going to be any better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want my honest opinion. I'd rather have a guy, LeBron. I'm sure LeBron would rather have a guy who doesn't want to shoot the ball than shoots the ball all the time. Yeah, good point. That is good true. Point. That is good Just point. throw me the ball, Simmons. That is a good point. That is a good point. But yes, Bulls do continue and hope to continue their winning streak tonight in Atlanta at 6.30 p.m. tip-off. But coming up, baseball might still be on lockdown, but that isn't stopping the rumors floating around on the north side. Listen to which rumors we think are realistic here on Blow the Whistle. Welcome back to Below the Whistle for our last segment of our two final segment. <laughs> Still with you here is Tyler Buterball with David Dykstra, Andrew Valentin, and Brandon Janeska. Do, do you like that? I, I did my best, Brian Kelly. Yes, <laughs> I did. Home. It's great to be here in my new home. Home. <laughs> so despite, <laughs> so despite the MLB being on a, like a lockout. Um, like a lockout? Like, <laughs> like a lockout. It's, it's like, very similar it's to yeah, one. I, I dare say it just, is. Just like one. There's been a lot. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> and this is why I'm going to throw it over to Brandon. <laughs> um, Great. There's a lot of rumors going out around with the Cubs and just in general. But so we're going to talk Cubs since Brandon did drive two and a half hours. To come <laughs> hang out with us it's today. the only reason we're talking baseball. <laughs> so the biggest one is, do you see the Cubs signing Carlos Correa? Give us your guys' thoughts on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow2 Whistle 1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Uh, Brandon, hold up a sec. I'm going to give it to David. <laughs> I'm going right, I'm I'm yeah, to answer this first. Because I, I, I think if the price is right, it is. Okay. I, I, think, I think if the price is right, I don't think they're going to overspend. I think they've proven that. Yeah. They want they want quality quality and quantity. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I don't think they're going to give Correa what he thinks he his market value, from what I understand, is I think two ninety nine to three twenty five million dollars in terms of like what he's expected to get somewhere in Do that range. Do you think they're giving him long term, or are they going five years, Brandon? So yeah, I, the Cubs. The Cubs' interest is obviously four to five years if they were that's, to do that's, something. That's what I thought. But what everything everything that's come out is Correa's looking for a, a 10-year deal. Yeah, he wants so the long term. the Cubs are not going to give him that. Mm-hmm. The most recent thing that I've heard is maybe he'd be able to, he'd be willing to compromise and come in at a seven-year deal, mm-hmm. and the Cubs would be willing to stretch a little bit to go to a seven-year. Yeah. I think that's the only way this works out because I don't think the Cubs will give anything over seven years. Okay. Yeah. My question to you is maybe a six year with a seven year option. That's what I was hearing is yeah. that it would be an option break and, on and a 10 year. Yeah, even if it is a seven year deal, yeah. I think there's going to be at least one opt out in there probably after three, after year three, yeah. okay. where the, where Correa can see and be like, all right, this team is turning a corner. They're, mm-hmm. they're right there ready to compete or all right, they're not, I'm going to test free agency again. Yeah. No matter what, even if if it's a ten year deal, whatever it is, he's going to have opt outs throughout. Oh yeah. Where Correa can walk away. Yeah. And well, and he, the thing with Correa is, I think you have to like. All right, he's definitely a top player. I don't think there's any question on that. I don't like he, him. Well, <laughs> I don't, personal I'm, feelings. No, no, I'm being real. Right, I right. don't. I do not think he's as good a f- shortstop as everybody lays him out to be. Right. Well, I really don't. I think in terms of his play, he's certainly one of the top. At his position, for sure. I think when you also put in, though, his personality, being he is a little bit smug, he is a little bit arrogant, he's not exactly... From that's, what I've understood, that's just the Houston personality. Yeah, right. That's the yeah. Astros. Well, from what I've understood. I mean, is, wouldn't you be a little bitter if you had something electrocuting you on your chest every time a fastball was coming down? The, right. Oh, I know they yeah. didn't do that. From what I understand is, I guess he's not the best locker room guy in. Uh, for the Astros all the time. He's a guy that when things are down, he can get really moody and he can like throw bats and stuff. So you got to think, do you want that on your team? And you have to keep this in consideration too. He's been injured quite a bit in his career. Even though he's 27 years old, he's had a number of injuries that you got to think it was what I think his back and his knee and I know his shoulder and I think his elbow, he's had not I, I I think he's had surgery on the shoulder and I think he's had it on the knee. I don't but he's hurt his back before and I know he's hurt his elbow. So you have to be careful with that kind of stuff because if you're gonna pay him a premium, you wanna make sure you're getting a top tier player. And I don't know, when it comes to Carlos Correa, as much as I would love, like, listen, I would love for the White Sox or the Cubs to get him because that's a marquee player coming into the top, the third largest market here in America, right? That's a great opportunity for them to sell baseball big time. But if he's going to be a problem, and he, both injury-wise and personality-wise, you got to really think, you got to weigh the options. Is he worth it then? I really think, uh, my personal opinion, if you're going for that team mentality, there are other guys out there right now. Right that are better fits for north side or south side. Yeah, absolutely. A, instead of a prima donna, uh, all eyes on me. I mean, you kind of had that already in on the north side. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, and how did that work out? Right. Yeah. When, when he was struggling, it was um, not really going to pay attention to the game, what's going on, mm-hmm. I'm going to make mental errors, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That being said, there is a way to counteract that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people are <laughs> on board with it, but I would be. Yeah. And I know people just want to poo poo it away. If, But I do think that the DH thing is a done deal. 
I think that is one of the things that is a done deal with this lockout. I think DH is going to be universal. I think it has to be. And and that's a big factor too, especially with his injury history, Mm -hmm. is that if he does come in, obviously he's an elite defensive player as well, but so is Nico Horner. So if they need to fill in and they can play, this is where the DH can actually benefit the Cubs because it doesn't have to be you're replacing Horner and Magical. You can have all three if one of them is a DH at some point. You can still have your contact bats. Right. To go along with a more power bat. It's yeah. not, not where I'm going with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the hard thing, too, is, is that it does Correa want to step away from being on the field? Because I think he realizes that he's a presence both offensively and defensively for any team he's on. I'll be but honest. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't you know want if he this, would accept that, though. You want this fan base back after all you did last season? Mm-hmm. You go out and you sign Kyle Schwarber. I, I'm being honest. I was just going to ask. So, way to get him back. He was a fan favorite. He's an if anybody. Absolute, baby Bambino? Yeah. Please. Yeah. And, and then he, like we said, part-time first base or left field, and then DH the rest of the time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's loved it in Chicago. Everything he said, he seems open to a return to Chicago, so mm-hmm. there's definitely that opportunity, that option there if the Cubs choose to go for him. I think he'll have a lot of offers to field through. Oh, I mean, yeah. Obviously, Correa will, too. But yeah, there there will be he'll he won't be obviously as expensive, but I, I think they could maybe even get him at a hometown discount to that come would back be the to only Chicago. way. Yeah, I, I, I think so. that's the only way he would come to Chicago because mm-hmm. I know for a fact his price tag has gone up. Yeah. yeah. Uh since his his unbelievably great we need to maybe start calling him postseason Schwarber. I, he he, he seems, seems to pop right around oh, then, man. I, and just on a side note, uh, I think my dreams might be coming true very soon. Uh, what's that? There is a lot of scuttlebud in Philadelphia that a certain oh, we, third, you and me talked about third, this third baseman might be coming to to Philly. Oh, jeez. Oh yeah, best. I, and I swear on I all those good in the world. Dynamic works. I can't wait, dude. I, all I want to hear the first game when they walk out on the field together. Let me tell you about my best friend. Yeah, follow Chris follow, Bryant, baby. Followed by the ev- inevitable breakup between the two of them. No, yeah. I I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, him going to Philly, but well, it's there. It's there, or Seattle, from what I've heard. I, I think Seattle I, is I think the better Seattle's fit better. for him. I will say this too for the Cubs and the White Sox. There's one player that I think they're both are probably looking at that we're not hearing a lot of. I think it's Nick Castellanos. I think both teams are taking hard looks at him because I know the White Sox could use a DH at this point, and I know the Cubs, with the DH possibly being a universal thing, they could be looking at him too. Plus, the White Sox need an outfielder. And he does play right field. So what do you? They had like twelve people play the outfield last yeah, what year. What do you mean? Yeah, they re- right they now, re-signed Garcia. Yeah, I know. But Andrew Vaughn <laughs> right now is playing both left field and like first second base. base or yeah, second yeah, base. <laughs> you can't do that. I, I I've heard that Sheets is Brandon Sheets could also play second, second as well. I, I've I heard think, that so. they're really kind of maybe trying to get Sheets yeah. to be the second baseman. But it'll be interesting to see how the, how it all unfolds with yeah, the baseball. The, the biggest thing though is in terms of the Cubs at least, yeah, is it shows that they are maybe not willing to give the big money, but they're not just tanking on the season, which is what they came out and said is that they will try to field a competitive team. I think even if they don't sign any other big players, mm-hmm. getting Marcus Simeon already. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Stroman. Yeah, yeah. that's him. <laughs> uh, Stroman already we showed. We wanted him, and yeah. he left. I know, I know. Uh, but getting Stroman Rangers. already shows that they 
are that gives them a kind of a bridge. Right. And so if you can get a guy like a Correa, mm-hmm. it's almost like the John Lester effect where then other players see, okay, maybe I want to go to Chicago too. And it can just expedite things in terms of a rebuild. If more, it makes the Cubs a more attractive destination. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, guys, that wraps up our last episode of the 2021 year. It's been nice knowing everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're it's good we're working with each other. Uh, have a good time. Arm- but- Armageddon will hit at midnight. <laughs> but the- <laughs> COVID on steroids. Oh my god! <laughs> no, the Omega, the, the Omega. Omega strain. <laughs> But thank you, everyone, that uh, listen and tune into our show on SportsCenterChicago.com and on our Facebook Live stream out right now. But for some idiotic reason, you didn't listen whoa, to our whoa, show. Whoa. Don't be calling our listeners idiot if Not they miss. It's idiot. the holiday season. Yeah. Okay, I give yes. them a little break. All right. All right. You, you make a good point there. Which actually, happy holidays, everyone. But your New Year's Absolutely. resolution better yeah, be to never miss. Never miss. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but if you don't, if you haven't listened to our show today, you can always go back and listen to our recordings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Don't forget QuadPod. Because they never forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a commercial for them at this point. <laughs> but everyone have a wonderful, happy New Year's. And we will be back here start of 2022 next Monday, as always. And as always, I am Tyler Buterball. David Dykstra. And Drevelton. Brandon Janoska. And Brandon, thank you for driving all this way, coming oh, out here. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. I know you missed us. us. Now yeah, go away. Yeah. Yeah. Go, away. <laughs> go back to Indy. <laughs> I wasn't told I was being replaced. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone, have a safe rest of the holiday week, and we will be back here next week on Blow the Whistle.